Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're living in the day and the hour that we're beginning to see the fulfillment of these things. Uh, And there's too many things that's happening to be a coincidence. Uh, We talked, you know, we had a lesson. I preached about the four blood moons and all this coming coming together. Uh, We really need to begin to commit our ways into the Lord. Uh, because the only ones that's going to have any protection at all when this stuff begins to hit is the folks that's in the ark of safety, which is the body of Christ, the church. The people that's outside the church, they're going to be helpless. They're not going to have any hope. Uh, and uh, we just, we've really got to get ourselves... Uh, in concentration of the Lord. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time. We're, in the, we're, we're talking about the seven churches. Uh, and uh, the book of Revelation is divided up into groups of seven. We've, we've talked about uh, the different sevens. And we're in, talking about the seven churches. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the church at uh, Pergamon. And uh, this is this is found uh, the scripture uh, in Revelation chapter two, beginning verse twelve through seventeen. And this is what it has to say: And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, these things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know your works. I hope you've picked up. So far on the churches we've already covered, God tells them, I know your works. You know, a lot of people can do a lot of talk. But God says, you, there's some folks who, who talk one way, but they walk a different way. And God says, I know your works. He knows what we're up to. And he tells this church, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith. It's a good point. Even in the days in which Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. Now we're going to be explaining all this as we as we go back. He gives the name of a child of God who was killed where Satan dwells there in the city of Pergamos. He said, but I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Hallelujah. 
You also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which saying I hate. And we already, we've already talked about them in previous uh, material. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, folks, we feast upon God all the time. And we eat of that manna from heaven. Think about the glory that we've experienced on this earth. Where you've been in a church service or where you got together with just you and God at home, alone. Or where it may be. Think about some of the best times you've had in the spirit and what you feast upon. God says, I've got some hidden stuff. I got it. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, now, I'm always being connived against. Uh huh, between my wife there and Casey uh, before she moved home. Sometimes, sometimes they'll pick up some stuff at the store. God says, if you've, if you've had great blessings and you, you've said some of my, my manna I poured out to you, God says, I've got a hidden stash that you've yet to find out about. Woo! My, that a preacher right there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. To those who overcome. He said, I'm going, the day's coming. He said, I've got a hidden, I got a, I got a level in me, I got a level in the spirit that you ain't, you, you ain't even dreamed about. Hallelujah. That goes right along with what Paul said. I have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it even entered the heart of man the things that God's got in store. Hallelujah. Man, you talk about a Holy Ghost party. God has got a shindig planned for when we get there. Glory to God. He said, and if you're one of those overcomers, he said, I've got a hidden stash. I've kept hidden away that ain't nobody been into. Ain't nobody tasted of. Ain't nobody touched. He said, I'm going to get to that stash, Brother Paul. And I'm going to, if you're an overcomer, I got some for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Debbie says, I got some good stuff waiting on you. Hallelujah. I, hey, that must be a woman thing. I'll tell you what. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said, I'm going to give some of the hidden manna to eat. Hallelujah. And I will give him a white stone. 
and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. I want you to know something. Not only is God going to give you a new body, God's got a new name he's going to give you when you get there. The name that you got right now, the name that I got right now is associated with the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. It's associated with the earth. But God's got a new name. Hallelujah. He said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, we we ain't we ain't begin to know the know the half. As the scripture says, the half ain't never been told of what it's gonna be like. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So this is what he says, amen, to the church there, amen, in Pergamos. Now, uh, the city of, uh, of, of Pergamos, amen, is located approximately 40 miles north of Smyrna. Now, we talked about the church at Smyrna last week. That was the persecuted church, the poverty church, those who had, had suffered so many things. For the name of Christ. And the city of of Pergamos is located north. uh, And if if you can see it on the screen up there, uh, it's about 40 miles north of Smyrna, 15 miles from the sea on a high mountain of the Caucasus River. Uh, And uh, that was the location of the the city uh, itself. Uh, now, let's talk a little bit about this city because, as we've already talked about, God chose, he, he chose these seven cities because these seven cities depict uh, different times and stages that his church goes through spiritually down through time. Now, the city of Pergamos, if you study history, The city of Pergamos was just about as pagan as you could get. The town was the center of four pagan deities and cults. Uh, It was a very pagan city. They worshipped every kind of God but uh, uh, the Lord God. And I've I've got a few of them there listed on your handout. The first one, God was was Athena. And this is an actual statue that was dug up by archaeologists who uh, dug up in around the ruins and some of the temples there, Pergamos. Now, can you imagine those people had those things, had a temple, and they would go and that statue would be up there? Let's, let's think about where the the Bible stands sitting out there and there'd be a big statue out there and they'd go down there and kneel and they'd pray to this thing. Devote their life to this thing. Well, this God was Athena. And she was known as the God of wisdom. So if somebody, if somebody wanted wisdom, they would, they would go to the temple of Athena, which was there in that city, and kneel down and Worship and pray to Athena to give them wisdom. There was another god 
you've probably heard of this one, Zeus. He's the god of the sky. He was the king god of Olympia, Mount Olympia in Greek mythology. This right here is a statue of him that people worship. Uh, if there was bad storms coming, and light, lightning and wind, tornadoes and all that, they believe it was Zeus causing all that stuff. So they would make sacrifices to Zeus. Uh, he had a temple there, and we're going to be talking more about that a little bit later. There was another temple there in that city with another god. Uh, I have, as the dictionary showed, I've, I've given you kind of a way that the dictionary shows to try to pronounce this name. Somebody want to take a stab at that? That's Kepius. About as close as I can get. Astipius. This guy's the god of healing. Now, think about this. They had a god for every kind of problem. Whatever it is you, had, you was dealing with, that was the god you needed to go talk to. If you needed wisdom, you go to the god of wisdom. If the storms are coming, hurricanes blew it, amen, you go to Zeus, talk to him. But if you're sick, you go to this guy that you're going to have to get the Holy Ghost to pronounce his name. He was a God of healing. All these are false gods. This was the world that the church was birthed in. Now, I want you to notice close that staff he's holding. And I put another picture that I found out to the side there. Does anybody recognize that? Know what that where that comes from? Listen, all false doctrine originates in some kind of truth of the Bible. Every false religion there is has a start and a foundation. Within truth. That's how the devil deceives people. Now, that right there, what he's holding, the people who come up with this God of healing, the Greeks, they actually, part of him they got from the Old Testament. When the children of Israel were going through the wilderness... And they disobeyed God. The Bible says God sent fiery serpents to bite them. And they began to cry out to Moses and to God. God told Moses, he said, I want you to get and make a brazen serpent. Put it on a pole. Is anybody recollecting now? Set it up in... in in the camp, anybody who gets bit by one of these serpents, God says, if you look on it, you'll be healed. The Greeks come along a few hundred years after that. They come up with a God of healing. 
That's where that come from. Now, do you see anything else in that? God of healing. The serpent there on that on that on that uh, stake. Uh, Debbie, you uh, you're in the medical profession. You should recognize something. Modern medicine has a basis going back to this. That's where they got their, you see, you know, this should be recognizable by all. That's where it come from. That's where it come from. And the seat in the beginning of all that stuff was right back there 2,000 years ago. Then one more God, and, and, and believe me, there were more temples than this. I, I don't have time to give them all to you. Another God, the, the Dionysus, Dionysus. He's, he, this is the guy that all the winos likes. He's the God of wine and ecstasy. So, you had you you was able to pick and choose, whatever you felt like, whatever mood you was in at the moment. That was a temple you had to go to. I don't know about you, but I like when I'm in trouble. No matter what the trouble is, I like just being called on the name Jesus. Hallelujah. If I'm in an automobile and I'm looking, here comes an eighteen wheeler at me. Ain't nothing I can do about it. All I got to do is cry out, Jesus. If I have a pain instantly in my chest, runs down my left arm, I, I like just having to call out the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Whatever I need, I like calling out the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. I like that chorus. He's all I need. He's all I All these gods that these people worship, folks, they were made by hand. They didn't see, they didn't breathe, they didn't move. But yet they made sacrifices to these things. They worshiped these things. Hallelujah. Now, I got to move on for my time. Notice in your handout where Satan's seat is. He said, I know where you is set, where Satan, see this. When Jesus spoke to the church at Pergamos, he told them he knew they dwelt where Satan's seat is. Much speculation has come up, come about to what he referred to. But here is your logical answer. There was a large altar in Pergamos that was built in honor of Zeus, the one we talked to about a few minutes ago. This altar was very impressive, being 100 foot long, 40 foot high. It was engraved with the battle scenes of the gods, giants, and snake tails. There were many who filled the altar of Zeus was what Jesus called Satan's seat. And if you went there to those ruins today, there in between those trees now that's grown up, if you'll notice, 
there are uh, still some rows of steps. That's the, that's the last part of the foundation of the altar of Zeus. It's 100 foot long and 40 foot high. God called it Satan's seat. Pergamos was also the headquarters of emperor worship. In fact, it was the chief city of the province here and was located the concilia, which had in charge the matters of state religion and incense, often before the image of the emperor. They had another statue that was the image of whoever the, uh, the Caesar was at the time. The people of Pergamos would also stand and declare, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. You know what? They ain't nothing too strange about that because we've had some politicians in Washington lately that thinks they're Lord. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. Amen. And nobody, nobody's willing to speak up about it because nobody wants to be called a racist, but race don't have nothing to do with it. Hallelujah. The people of Pergamos would also stand and declare Caesar is Lord. I believe Antipas, which we read about a few minutes ago, was taken before the image of Caesar and commanded to declare Caesar is Lord, but refused to do so and thus was slain on the spot where Satan dwelt. You see, history tells us that they would bring Christians before some of these temples and try to get them to renounce Jesus and say, whatever God was they was worshiping, you say he's Lord. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. Somebody's real sold out to Christ. You're a child of the King. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm going to call you till I'm going to sit down and I'm going to call you. There's no alternative. There's no alternative. Hallelujah. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Sister Darlene, back there, we've been we've been uh, been married since 1972, and we was engaged a year and a half before we got to married. And if they was to come into this place tonight and say, renounce Christ or die, she just starts saying, "Hello, Lord." Hallelujah! There ain't a doubt in my mind. They. There's no other choice for people who's really had a, a change and experience in their life. I think about that young teenage girl at Columbine. What would you do? You standing, somebody standing point blank and got a weapon right at you, and you and already laying around you. There's other teenagers laying on the floor. That this crazy devil possessed kid is going to blow them away. No, there was no other answer for her but one. She had no other choice. Hallelujah. God, this is what separates the men from the boys. 
That's why God said he's going to send a shaking on the land so everything that can't be shaken is going to stand when it's over with. This thing I'm talking about is fixing to hit. I'm going to tell you something. There are churches right now in these big mega churches. When when it's persecuted, these mega churches, man, by the time God gets through them, most of them ain't going to have as many people as we got here tonight. People go to these big mega churches to hide. I get in there hiding out. Nobody knows what I'm really doing. Hallelujah. But you, but you let it, when they begin to have to face death or not, the wind begins to blow and the things begin to shake and things begin to fall to the left and the right. Only the genuine is going to be left standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, let me tell you something. The church... The church is not what's going to go up when Jesus comes. Hello. It's the bride that's going to go up. The bride came out of the side of Adam. Hallelujah. The bride come out of his side. Jesus Christ is the second Adam. And his bride is coming out of the body over all church. Ain't everybody in the church, hallelujah, right, hallelujah. Ain't everybody in what's called the earthly church that's a part of the bride. He's coming back after bride. Somebody, uh, you know, questioned just the other day. Well, you know, I thought, you know, God loves. Hey, God, yeah, God does love everybody. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ is coming back after a bride, not a streetwalker. He said, my bride is going to be with that spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any such thing. Hallelujah. So, the shaking is going to hit. Amen. Only those that can't be shaken is going to be the ones left standing. Let's talk a little bit about the doctrine of Balaam, and I'm, 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 I'm going fast now because of time, but the eternal problem with the church at Pergamos was twofold. First, they had some who adhered to the tendencies of Balaam, an Old Testament prophet, soothsayer, who because of greed helped King Balak cause Israel to fall off into idolatry and paganism. In the book of Numbers, we are told of the children of Israel being led by Moses to the land of promise. When they arrived at the borders of Moab, the king, which was Balak, went to Balaam and paid him to curse the Israelites because he feared them. When God intervened on Israel's behalf, Balaam told Balak how to seduce the people into paganism to where God would bring judgment on the people because of sin. What we're talking about now, as far as Pergamos, spiritually speaking in the church, is those people in the church who commit spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. Now we all know what natural adultery is, But spiritual adultery is when you have claimed to be married to Jesus, 
but you're making love to somebody else in the world. Remember all these gods they had? We got people sitting on church pews claiming to be married to Jesus, but to commit spiritual adultery by things in the world. Listen, this is not a popular message today. And I know it's not, it's not being taught everywhere. And there are plenty of places in Nashville you can go to get your ears tickled and get a good motivational speech to make you feel good. But what I'm doing tonight is trying to get the people ready for the coming of the Lord. Jesus says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, because if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That is Bible. Hallelujah. Spiritual adultery is worse than the natural adultery. Because you're taking the name of the Lord in vain. A lot of people think, think, assume when the Bible says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It talks about using God's name as a swear word or cussing. Taking the name of the Lord thy God in vain is taking on his name and then not living like his bride. Hallelujah. A man or a woman, either one, they don't need they need, don't need to decide to get married if they still won't go out and play the field. Hello, somebody. And somebody don't need to come to the church and go through the pretense and get the preacher to stick you underwater, amen, and get you married to Jesus if you if you still want to go out in the world and play the field. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because that ain't, that ain't the bride that Jesus is coming after. It's not the bride he's coming after. So that was, that, that was, that was the issue of the church of Pergamos. They had these, all these false gods. and uh, uh, They had a different god for a different day of the week. It all depended on what day of the week, who I'm, who I'm, who I'm going to be worshiping. And as I said at the beginning of all this stuff, I know that we don't have heathen temples in America. People don't fall down and, um, uh, and, and worship some of these idols like we showed you pictures of a few minutes ago. But America is full of idolatry. Hallelujah. Anything, look at your neighbor and tell them anything. Anything you put above Christ is your God. Hallelujah. Some people worship the hell of um, television. Now we're going to get personal. Some people worship the internet. Some people spend more time on Facebook than underneath talking to God. Somebody said, that preacher can't even keep from meddling when he's teaching. Hello? Come on. Anything, anything we put above Jesus becomes our God. But uh, I'm working 
to be able to get some of that hidden stash that I talked about in the beginning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It don't do me no good to find Sister Darlene's stash at home. When I find out where her stash is, she'll hide somewhere else. What I'm, what I'm talking about, Brother Dale, uh, y'all come in. We talked in the beginning. God promised those who overcome. He said, I'm going to give to those who overcome to eat of the hidden manna. I'm, let me go back over that and just finish up with that because I like it. Man, think about all the blessings you get. See, sis, what, what you testified a while ago. Amen. You got a hold. You got a hold of some manna that God fed you with every time, whether it be in the church, whether it be at your home, or wherever it is. Amen. You get in the presence of God, and God blesses you in some kind of way. You're feasting on that manna. But God says, let me tell you something. To he that overcomes, I'm going to give you the hidden manna. In other words, God says, I've got a stash hidden away that nobody's touched, nobody's seen, nobody knows nothing about. Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, I've not seen, ear, not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man of things that God's got prepared. For those that love him, I'm after the hidden stash. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I want somebody hidden. This other man I've been feasting was pretty good. If there's something else, think about it. Some of the joys and the blessings that we've shared as the body of Christ down here, that's nothing compared to what God's got waiting on you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't mind spam. I mean, I, I, I kind of like, you know, cut off a piece of piece of spam every now and then, and put some hot sauce on it, and put it in between a couple of crackers. Crackers, that's pretty good. But, uh, but if I sit down at the table and somebody says my meal, my meal's paid for, and I look there and there's. There's a piece of a spam with a couple of crackers and some hot sauce. And right over here is some prime rib. I'm going to turn loose on the prime rib. Hallelujah. How many, how many want some of that hidden stash God's got waiting? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap. Anybody got any comments or anything? Praise God. Hallelujah. Been a good